This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. We have gone through physical health. We hit emotional health. And tonight, we are going to start tonight and next week, mental health. And I want to talk to you about um, this area of mental health because I will tell you, historically, Christians have a track record of ignoring um, any type of mental health. We don't extend grace or compassion towards it. Hey, if you need a Bible, I'm not really good at this. This is not my full-time gig. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and they're going to get you a Bible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. If you need a Bible, raise your hand because we are going to use scriptures. This isn't my opinion. Um, This is all Bible-based, so you want to read out of that Bible. Get your hand up. But historically, we tend as Christians to not give support and compassion to people that are going through mental health issues. But that is nowhere in the Bible, and that is not something that, that we embrace here at this church. And what I am going to tell you is that um, by no means am I an expert on this. But this is something that I've learned that I have to take very seriously, not only for myself, but for those that God has entrusted me with. So that means my family. I make sure to take care of my mental health for my husband, for my kids, for my employees, for my employer, for my church family, for my friends. I take care of mental health for me. And so the most important thing I want you to hear, if you hear anything tonight, is that seeking the help of a qualified professional or counselor or a Christian doctor is healthy. If you hear nothing else, that is what I want you to take because I want you to carry that with you. I want to embrace that if you go see a godly counselor, that you go wholeheartedly. But tonight I wanna give you some steps of the word of God that that I've taken and that I've applied in having strong mental health. This is something that I've had to make a priority because it's something that I've wanted to invest in myself because I realized I can't afford to shortchange myself in this area and you can't either. So let's start with the power of your mind. God made our minds so powerful He made it in a way that when we use our minds in a powerful way, it is one of our greatest assets. And like any asset, we have to manage it with care and consistency. So we're gonna go through, if you'll open your Bible to Colossians chapter three. So these are some of my personal habits, not prescriptive measures. They will never be substituted for professional or certified counselor. However, what I'm telling you, these are great things that you can start applying for mental health. So we're gonna dive in into this area. So Colossians chapter three, in the ESV version, it says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So the number one thing Number one, I'm gonna give you three bullet points on having strong mental health. Number one, focus. Where is your focus? Can I tell you that almost 
Nine times out of 10 times, when I am having mental health issues, when I am not at peace here, when I have confusion here, when there is not peace here, do you know nine times out of 10, I can go back and I can see it's usually because where my focus is. Am I so wrapped up in social media about what everybody else is doing, what their families have, what I don't have? Am I too busy watching the news and seeing what's going on with COVID, the big 12, what's going on with that, the Olympics, that I get so focused on things of this earth and I'm not focused on the things from above. By no means am I saying, delete your social media, don't watch the news, but there's a difference between thinking and focusing. When I focus on something, I take my thinking and I hone in and I magnify it. You know, a lot of times with focus, we don't even realize what becomes our focus. Um, Several months ago, um, I get up every morning and run. That is part of my mental health. We're not talking about physical health today, so I won't get it. But a few months ago, I was out on a run like I normally do. I have the same route that I run every single morning and I'm out running and it's 6 a.m. It's me and God talking and I'm running and all of a sudden I hear something and then I hear and I feel something hit my head. And I'm like, what was that? And I turn around and right when I turn around, there is a bird coming straight at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it is demonic. It is like the demon hell bird. So I, again, I am two and a half miles from my house. So I am in a run. I stop and go like this. And I'm like screaming. It's 6 a.m. Okay. It scared me. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck? I go like this and it like scratches my arm, y'all. It's crazy. So I'm like, what in the heck? So I'm out of breath because it scared me. And all of a sudden it turns around, it comes right at me. So I am weaving to and fro the side of the road. I look like a drunk runner. So finally, about half a mile down, I turn a corner and I lose the dadgum bird. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, oh my gosh. And these two old ladies pull up next to me and they unroll their window and they're like, honey, are you okay? We just washed the whole thing. And I'm like, I know, I'm fine. And so I've, I survived this. And so I don't think anything of it. I'm a little embarrassed. So I don't tell my husband what happened. Next morning I get up, the same demon bird comes after me. So let me tell you this. Do you know what became my focus? In 39 years, I run. I've always run. That's what I do. I've never focused on birds in all my life. Do you know for the last eight weeks what my focus has been on? I've been scared of birds. I'm not even lying to you guys. My husband can tell you, this is so embarrassing. We've gone out to walk our dog Boomer and a bird will start going, "Ah, ah," and I'm like running and that's like, stop. The reason why I'm telling you this, guess what? It became my focus. It had never been a problem before. It had never been anything I had thought about. It had never even crossed my mind. And guess what became my focus every morning? Guess what started scaring me? I skipped three mornings of running because honestly, I'll tell you, I was scared to go out and be attacked by a scary demon blackbird, okay? It was scary. But I use that as a funny illustration, but I will tell y'all, I asked God to help me. I really did. I said, God, I gotta get over this fear. 
But when I identify what I'm focusing on, that's when I can ask God for his help. You have to identify what is it that you're focusing on. Are you so focused on COVID? Are you so focused on all of the things that are happening in our schools right now that you're scared for your kids to go back? And that's become your focus and you're anxious and your chest is tight and you can't think clear and you can't make decisions. I had a mom call me three weeks ago and she said, Amanda, I need you to tell me how varsity football is. And I said, it's the best thing in the world. You're gonna love it. Your son's gonna love it. And she started crying on the phone. And she said, I can't stop thinking that he's gonna get hurt. She said, every game, I feel like I'm gonna sit in the stands and just shake and be scared. She said, I haven't been able to sleep for weeks. Guess what became her focus? Her son's gonna get hurt. Guess what became her focus? That's all I can think about. You have to identify what are you focusing on? Because here's the deal. We cannot let the enemy wear us down. There's times where we have to call for reinforcements. Reinforcements, that's when you go to pray. Reinforcements are not laying on the couch watching Netflix until you fall asleep. It's not staring at endless TikTok videos because that's easy to do. Reinforcements are calling a friend and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. I need you to pray over me. It's finding scriptures in the word of God and praying it over yourself. What are you focusing on? Because we have to set our minds, like Colossians 3, 2 says, on things that are above, not on things of this earth. You know, there is a theory called the one great golf shot theory. My husband's gonna be so proud of me right now that I'm using golf. Who would ever thought I'd use that in a sermon? It's called the one great golf theory. And what this means is that I don't focus on all the shots that I shank and that I miss, but I focus on the one shot that I had success on. This theory is based on the amount of times that guys go out, that women go out, and they focus on the success of their round instead of all the shanks and all the mess ups. That's what keeps so many people going back to that annoyingly great game. I cannot follow every thought that comes across my mind because it'll cause me to lose focus on where God has me in this season. Flip over to your left to Romans chapter eight. Thoughts are going to come. Thoughts are going to come. But you decide what you hold on to and what you focus on. You decide. Romans chapter eight, verse five. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. If you're living based on your flesh and what your flesh wants, guess what your mind's gonna be set on? Your flesh. If you live according to the spirit, guess what your mind's gonna be set on? The spirit. Guess what goes along with the spirit? The fruit of the spirit. You know what's opposite of mental issues? The fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control, patience, gentleness, 
God wants you to think about the things of the spirit because that begins to become your focus. You know, in philosophy, there's a law of attraction. I'm a firm believer in this. Actually, my husband and I were looking to buy a new car in the next month. So we've been talking about this one car. And you know what the law of attraction is? When you start thinking about something like with a car, have you ever bought a new car and all of a sudden everybody has that car? You're like, when did everybody buy that daggum car? I thought I was the only one with that car, right? So we're looking at buying this car and I'm like, I've never seen very many of those. Guess how many I've seen this week? 52, I counted. Law of attraction, 52. But the, the law of attraction, it suggests that positive thoughts bring positive results into a person's life, while negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. It's based on the belief that thoughts are a form of energy and that positive energy attracts success in all areas of life, including health, finances, and relationships. I will tell you this, I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction. Think about that family member. Think about that friend you have, that they are negative and they complain. How much energy do you get being around them? None. They suck it out of you, right? Think of those coworkers that they complain. They're negative. They are life suckers. But you want to be around people who are positive. You know what they're focused on? They're focused on what's going right. They're focused on not the obstacle, but the opportunity. That's what they're focused on. So that's what I want you to think about. Where is my focus? You know, the Bible has over 47 scriptures on not complaining. The opposite of complaining is positivity. This will help you to stay focused. You know, last week we um, experienced something that we've not experienced before. It's a new thing. A parent of teenagers, and my, my son totaled his vehicle. He was in a car accident last week. My husband was with him, and hey, you wanna talk about why you should tithe and give? Because your angels protect you and your kids right there, okay? Like, the angels protected my husband. Um, there was a lady coming straight at my husband because my son was driving, and I tell you what, like, her car was totaled, our car was totaled. God protected everybody. But can I tell you this? All my husband and I, we were like, we're gonna be positive. We're gonna be positive. Not very many things to be positive when you wanna wring your son's neck, right? For totaling a vehicle, right? But here's the deal. We were like, we're gonna be positive. This is an opportunity that he can learn from. God put this in his lap at this age where guess what? For one of the first times ever, he's realizing the responsibility that comes with driving a vehicle. All the parents of teenage boys say amen to that, right? <laughs> One of my favorite quotes on focus, Bruce Lee said, the successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. Focus can make someone who's average warrior-like. Where is your focus? Number two, know and develop your strengths. Know and develop your strengths. We live in a weakness-focused world. We could pass the microphone around from person to person and we could all hear the areas that each of us need to work on. My attitude, my laziness, anger, patience, self-discipline. It's easy to spot what is wrong. 
We are in an environment where everybody's always trying to fix something, right? We're trying to always fix our teenagers. We're nagging our spouse. We are passive aggressively suggesting ideas to that coworker on how they should spend their time. If your kids bring home a report card, they have four A's, one B and one F, what do you focus on? The one F in algebra, right? (laughs) Doesn't matter what the four A's or the one B is, what do we focus on? The negative. That is the society and the world that we live in. There's a common belief that we have to fill in the gap, otherwise we will be weaker. It's the idea that only if our weaknesses could be corrected, then we could be fixed and we could feel complete. That's a lie. The problem is in this mindset, it causes a definite feeling of insufficiency. This is where a lot of mental issues come in. The sense of I'm not enough, that invites other negative emotions of anger, fear, and anxiety. This opens the door when we're so focused on our weaknesses. Did you know that Jesus picked 12 disciples, not because of their schooling, not because the way they were trained, he picked them in spite of those things. In fact, he chose people that were pretty weakness-based and messed up. So good news, they were a lot like us, right? Yet all of them had some sort of strengths. We see in the Bible, Thomas was deliberate in his thinking. He was a precise decision maker. Andrew was a lover of truth. Matthew, He was strategic and he was really great at math. Peter was a dynamic leader and a great communicator. Others would say at times that his mouth got him in trouble because he talked too much. Anybody have that written on your report card besides me several times? Jesus saw the strengths in each of his disciples. He wanted them to see them and continue to develop them as well. We must start with the question of this. If I believe in the existence of God, then the fact is that he's the creator and he created me, he created us. And not only did he create us, he created us with an intention and a purpose in mind. And if so, he certainly would have created us with strengths, with abilities, capabilities to do his will. Flip over to Genesis chapter one. Each one of you has strengths. Things that are patterns in your life. I'm not talking about you're good at basketball. That's not a strength, all right? I'm talking about patterns that you have had since you were a child. You're really good with data. You can format things. In Genesis chapter one, verses 27, and I'm gonna read the first part of verse 31. It says, so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. He created the male and female. God saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good. Flip over to Jeremiah chapter one. If we know that God created us and he said we were good, then we're gonna dive in deeper and see what else he created and put within us. Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through five. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you 
a prophet to the nations. I will tell you that too many people live this life without any iota of awareness of their God-given strengths, their God-given gifts and talents. But it's not too late to embark in this lifelong journey. Each one of you has strengths that God wants to use. Many times we get so bombarded in our minds by all of our weaknesses that we're not good enough, that we see what others are doing and we start comparing ourselves. And you know what happens? This mental battle starts going on. It starts taking place and nobody even knows that you are deteriorating one thought at a time. They don't even realize. And you know what happens after you have days and days of these negative thoughts of yourself? Do you know what happens? Depression comes in. You know what happens? Anxiety comes in. A spirit of suicide tries to come in. The enemy's goal is to get you to see your weaknesses and not your strengths. God's plan is for you to understand, know, and develop the strengths that he's put within you. Many times we stay stuck. I said earlier that we see all of those areas that we fall short in and we see ourselves as insufficient. I can't apply for that job. I'm not disciplined enough to do that. Success just isn't in the cards for me. John 10.10 says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his purpose, but God's purpose is what? Is to give you life, rich and a satisfying life. Of course, the the enemy wants you to be consumed with everything that you're not. Have you ever dealt with those thoughts where you think, I'm not good enough? This is what I'm missing. You know, as silly as it is, I know that women deal with this. Women who have curly hair, they want straight hair. Women who have straight hair want curly hair. And it's so funny, but it actually is really how all of us are right here. All the guys that are tall and lanky are like, man, if I could bench like those short guys that have short arms. And all the guys that are short and have little arms that can bunch or or, they can lift a lot and bench a lot. They're like, man, if I was long and lanky. It literally is like, what you have, I want. What I have, you want. And we're all in this tug of war because the enemy wants us to see and be consumed with everything we're not. How do we live out and use our strengths for the kingdom of God if we're consumed with everything that we're not? We don't. They're lies. So let's talk about your strengths. What does that mean? So that might be that you're drawn towards strangers. You love to meet new people. Maybe you're drawn towards ideas. Ideas energize you. They strengthen you. One of the things that I know that I'm not good at, that I broke my mom's heart when I was six years old, I got kicked out of piano lessons. They said, never bring her back. I do not have a single gifting for music ability whatsoever. It is not in my cards. I have a brother that has learned, taught himself to play every instrument. How we came from the same gene pool, I don't know. Let me tell you this. If Pastor Solomon came up here and he said, Amanda, I'm gonna spend 30 hours a week with you and we're gonna work on you reading sheet music and you understanding music, we're gonna get you there. We're gonna make you strong. Do you know what would happen? Number one, Pastor Solomon would quit. He would turn in his resignation. Number two, I would be frustrated. You know why? 
because I, I don't like it. I'm not good at it. He's good at it. God has put a strength in him to do that. Just like each one of you, you have strengths. So you're like, well, I'm not musically gifted. Well, let me tell you some strengths that people around me do. Can I tell you one thing I hate doing? I hate fixing things. Like, I'm, I, don't judge me. I just throw things away. I'm like, I can't get it. But guess who I married? I married Mr. Fix-It. Ladies, if you're not married and your top five things, it needs to be he needs to know how to fix things, right? It's a great thing for a guy to know. It needs to be on your list of husband. Tell my daughter that all the time. Number five, make sure he's handy. Let me tell you why that's so important. My husband, Matt, has the strength, it's called restorative. He can restore things. He restores things that his wife frustratingly breaks. He restores a lot of guys' golf swings. He restores and helps a lot of people. He really has a knack for fixing things. All of us have areas that we're passionate about. If you took a second and thought about what are my strengths? Like, what am I passionate about? What do I love to do? Those are probably things that you could pinpoint of patterns in your life from your childhood and teenage years. And if you start focusing on those, instead of being consumed with everything you're not, think how much more mentally like energized you would be. One of the things that I've learned um, that if you ever wanna take a look at, I'm a certified Gallup Strengths Coach. I am very passionate about people understanding their strengths and their value. If you wanna dive more into this, go to gallup.com and you can take a short strengths assessment. But one of the things I do for the company I work with is I sit down with each one of our executive teams, our managers, our corporate, and our supervisors across our entire company. And we sit down and we talk about, we're gonna be a strengths-based company, which is very countercultural. But we sit down and we say, we're not gonna sit here and tell you, here's the list of all the things you need to work on. We sit there and we show them what they are good at. And we're like, guess what? I want you to do that every single day. And they're like, you want me to do this every single day? I'm like, I want you to do that every single day. Because you know why? If you're able to perform, if you're able to live out in your God-given talents and gifts every single day, tell me how your mental health is gonna be. Great, right? Yeah, it's gonna be good, all right? It's gonna be really good. So begin to name your strengths. Begin to develop those. So one of my strengths that you heard me say earlier in regards to Peter, I have always been really good at talking. I'm real good at it. I talk, that's what I do every day. I talked for six and a half hours at work today and look, I'm up here talking. All of you are like, aren't you drained? No, I love talking. But here's the deal, I'm not just like, wow, God, thanks for the strength and the gift of communicating. You know what I do? I look at that gift and I say, God, how can I sharpen it? How can I develop it? I have read hundreds of books on communicating. I'm not anywhere near where I wanna be. But guess what I do? I take the gift that God gave me and I sharpen it and I strengthen it. I apply the word of God to it. Each one of you have a strength. Write them out. Look at them every day. Start projecting how you can put those into your life. It will bring not only fulfillment to you, it will help you to bring fulfillment to the kingdom of God, but it will help you to have a more sound mind. Number three, 
Set external and internal boundaries. Set external and internal boundaries. External boundaries are guidelines that determine how you allow others to behave towards you. External boundaries. So, external boundaries. How do you allow people to behave towards you? People at work, you allow them. You allow them to speak to you that way. You allow them, you allow your teenagers to speak that way to you, whatever way that is. Internal boundaries maintain balance, exhibit self-discipline, and allow you to manage your time, thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Both types are meant for your protection. External and internal are for your mental health. They are for your well-being. And I will tell you, external and internal boundaries, they are based on your values. Your values are gonna be different than his values. Your values are gonna be different than her values. So that's kind of the number one thing you have to figure out. What are my values? What are the values that I have in my life? Because whatever boundaries you put up, that is gonna show what your values are. So that's the first thing I want you to do that, that is difficult. It is difficult in setting external and internal boundaries is what are my core values? You wanna look and be able to voice, what are my core values? What are my family's core values? What is it that we stand for? Are these legacies that, that you wanna leave? What is it that you wanna leave? Because here's the deal, if we say yes to everything and we run from this thing and run to that thing and run to this thing and run to that thing, number one, what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching them a legacy of we do everything and we wear ourselves out and we don't have any peace in our life, but we keep everybody happy. That's not a really good legacy to leave behind, is it? The second thing you need to do in setting external and internal boundaries is really important. Follow the Holy Spirit. You gotta follow the Holy Spirit and follow his leading, not other people's opinions and their leading. He will lead you on peace on every decision, every decision. So I had on um, every Wednesday morning, the team that I'm on at my job, we have a team meeting. We have an hour long team meeting. We review everything that we go through. I have had some conflict with somebody that is on my team. I have wanted to address conflict. I really like conflict. You're not hearing me right. I like conflict because it brings resolution. I like resolution. I like to take care of stuff. I told Matt this morning, I said, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will lead me because I'm gonna confront her this morning. I'm gonna confront her in love. This morning, I'm sitting in my meeting and it's about my turn to talk and I'm ready. I'm gonna confront this lady and I'm gonna tell her the truth and love and I'm ready. And the Holy Spirit said, no. I just heard real quietly, no. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I got my speech prepared. It's gonna be in love though, God. And God said, no. The Holy Spirit said, no. I'm telling you right now, external and internal boundaries. I don't know why. The Holy Spirit will tell you yes or no. You need to be assertive and consistent. Be consistent with your external and internal boundaries. Meaning, if I'm consistent in what I watch, then guess what? I'm protecting things with my mind. I will tell each one of you, 
I have had mental issues because of things that I have watched because I didn't put a boundary up when I was in college. I will have flashbacks to things. I cannot watch certain TV shows. I cannot watch certain movies. I have that boundary. But guess what? Mental health is really important to me, so I've set that boundary. The next thing is learn to say no. This one's important. Can I tell you that you're gonna be and you're gonna have opportunities to do anything and everything. You have to learn to say no. And guess what? Sometimes people aren't gonna like it. Hey, I need you to do this for me. No. What? No. Because here's the deal. It's gonna mess up my peace. It's gonna cause me confusion here and I cannot afford that. You know, there are times that I serve on the prayer team here and there are times where I have to say no because my mental, emotional, and spiritual health is not in a good place and I know it. And I have to say no at that moment. You have to learn to say no. Last three, communicate clearly, seek support if needed, and start small. Every season that you're in, whether you're single, married, you're increasing responsibility, you're moving, you have kids, you don't have kids, every season your external and internal boundaries are gonna adjust, adjust. And only you can know where to set your boundaries. Let no one make you feel bad for setting boundaries to keep your mental health strong. You know what's on your plate and you will constantly be shifting it at times as life progresses. But mental health, it's up to you to put parameters into place. You are in charge of your mental health, whether you thrive in it or you don't. So those three areas, your focus, knowing and applying your strengths, and setting and keeping your external internal boundaries. These are all areas that can help you with mental health. Everybody stand up with me. You know, mental health can be categorized as anxiety, compulsive disorder, eating disorders. It can be personality disorders, panic, depression. It can go on and on and on. Can I tell you something? Are you ready to hear something that's gonna shock you? Every single person in this room has dealt with at least one of those things at one point in their life in their mental area. That is one of the things that I prayed for, that people would not be embarrassed, that people would want healing in this area. This is something that God wants to heal you of, set you free, and then give you the tools and the resources to move forward with his help. So right now, I don't want you to be embarrassed. If this is something right now you are struggling with, I want you to raise your hand and we're gonna surround you. You see hands up. If you are standing there and you currently don't have your hand raised, because guess what, different times. I want you to go lay, lay hands on people. We wanna surround them. We are going to be historically different than other Christians. So right now, get out of your seats. Go lay hands on people if their hand is raised. You're like, I don't even know how to pray. It's okay, I'm gonna pray. We're just gonna use faith. Laying hands on people is just faith, y'all. We're gonna surround them. If you have dealt with any of these things, you know that you need people to surround you, that it is important, that we are surrounding those of the body of Christ. Surround one another. Let's pray right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, you see every single hand that's raised. 
Father God, I pray your peace in the name of Jesus. I break any type of disorders that have been handed down. Father, I pray right now, Father, healing in the name of Jesus. I break that bondage. And Father God, I speak right now, Father, healing over them. I pray clarity. I pray strength over them in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak right now that they would see their purpose. Father, that each one of them would see the purpose that you've laid out for them. We speak to depression. We speak to anxiety. We speak to panic attacks. You have to leave right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray against thoughts of not being sufficient. I pray, Lord, right now that they would begin to see themselves the way that you see them, that the gifts and the talents that you've placed in them, that they would use those to glorify you all the days of their life. And I pray healing over them right now. And we pray completeness, healing. We pray mental health right now. And we just give it to you, Jesus, right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.